0: hello beautiful I'm your host Samantha Roberto and I want to thank you for joining this conversation we are a space of women empowering women and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story so that we can all learn and grow from one another so go subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration so who else here is looking at the calendar and being like how the heck is is it already mid-June? Where did this year go? 2020 is almost halfway done. And I mean, personally, I feel like I'm getting a lot of stuff done, but it also feels like such a blur. It's been now almost three months since I left California. And for those of you that are just tuning in for the first time, I was actually living in California with my boyfriend up until the pandemic hit, and when the border started to close and flights were being canceled, I really had a tough decision to make. And the thing is, is that at that point, the border was closed. He was unable to fly with me to Canada, but I had to make the decision with whether or not I was going to go sort of lockdown at home. And looking back three months later, I know I made the right decision. I have been so grateful to be back in Thunder Bay with my family in my home, in my environment, in my space that I love so, so much. But at the same time, I look at the calendar and I'm like, what the heck? It's been three freaking months. And to be honest, we don't really know when the borders are open up. Apparently last week, they opened up to immediate family members. So I guess it's just a waiting game. I'm just taking it day by day, and I just wanted to check in and see how you guys are doing. How are you? How is your situation? Are you feeling grounded? Are you feeling kind of like in a haze, in a blur too? Is time kind of passing and you're not really present? And this is why like, this type of inner work is so important. A reason why I feel like I've been as good as I've been for the past three months with this like big question mark of what's gonna happen with our situation is because I'm just so grounded in the work and he is so grounded in the work and we are anchored in that for each other, we're good. And I actually do think that this entire pandemic situation really brought a lot of stuff to the surface. So you'll see there's a lot of breakups happening, like people who are just like, that's it, we're done and throwing in the towel. Or it's also bringing a lot of couples closer together. And I'm so grateful that I honestly feel that it has brought Simon and I closer together. And now it's just a waiting game. One thing I wanted to share with you is that I've actually partnered with BetterHelp, which is the leading platform for online therapy. So essentially, anybody who may be struggling, if you are struggling, if you're having a challenging time, you don't have to go through it alone. BetterHelp has so many different convenient packages that makes therapy very easy and accessible and affordable. Plus, you're going to have a 20% promo code that is going to give you an even more affordable option through it. So if you or someone you know has thought about therapy, wants to sort of talk to somebody to work through something specific, go to the show notes. You've got a promo code there just for you, and I really, really hope it helps. Anyways, another little update before we jump into this week's episode is that I actually am opening up a couple more one-to-one coaching sessions and taking on new clients. So if you are looking to level up your life, if you are feeling like you are at a point where you're in a transition and life is okay, like life is good but it feels like there's just something missing and you don't really know what that is, whether it's like career, relationship, just something feels off and you're ready to go all in on gaining clarity, confidence, and alignment in your life, then send me a DM and let me know. I'm going to be offering the first three people to message me a complimentary coaching session. That is the first three people. So if you are after the three, I'm sorry, it's only three this time, but let me know and I am more than happy to help you get some clarity with your situation and then we can go from there. I'm excited to get into this week's episode. We have got Diana Canturena here and Diana is a bedside nurse who at a point in her career realized that she was dealing with burnout. The system that she was on, that she was working with, was not supporting her. She realized that all of her coworkers were dealing with it too. And instead of just accepting the things as they were, she decided that she was gonna go and do something and change that. So, Diana has launched an amazing organization called the Cultivating Self Organization that essentially promotes balance and cultivating self care methods that can be integrated into everyday life to just achieve more harmony, joy, peace, awareness. So she talks about the importance of building community, connection, and supporting each other, and how often all we really need are really simple things in our life that will make really big differences. So anyways, let's jump into this episode and get to it. So, I'm so excited that you're here today. We are going to be talking about a topic that I think a lot of people can relate to burnout. Can you explain what burnout is? Yeah, definitely. Thanks
1: for asking that, Samantha. So, burnout can look different to a lot of people, but I think the common things that you see with burnout is almost this inability to connect. And whether that's with your family, or in my case, you know, I'm a nurse, so with my patients, or just kind of this inability to connect, really feel any joy in what you're doing. And again, that can look different for different people. It's that that common thread of feeling uh, like something's missing, and you're kind of not really sure what you're doing. And yeah, it's, it's a tough place to be, actually. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of Americans, no matter what your job does, we're feeling it,
0: especially with all of the stuff going on. It's kind of taking it to another level, really. Totally. It's amplified. And like you said, it's sort of going through the motions, but being disconnected from the moment. Right, right. So I would love to hear your story of how you became so passionate with this topic. You just mentioned you are a nurse. So I'm I'm sure you have your own story of what it was that sort of lit this fire within you. Yes, definitely. And
1: I got into nursing as a second career. My first, okay, yeah, my first degree is degree in political science. So my passion was, um, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought it, you know, I thought it would be in social justice and all of those things. I'm still today very passionate about. But through that journey, I was able to kind of find my way into public health. And then I was like, that's where I had this inner fire of like, oh wow, the nursing thing. So I really enjoyed that and started pursuing my my. Pre- prerequisites to go to nursing school. I completed an accelerated bachelor program of uh, science in nursing at Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. And that was just such a great experience. Then came back out to California and started working as a new grad in the pediatric intensive care unit in the Oakland Bay Area, uh, Children's Oakland Hospital, which is where I currently work. And so, you know, as a new nurse, this was five and a half years ago, as a new nurse, I was really eager and excited and just felt that passion for patients, but also really overwhelmed. And so the first couple of years of nursing actually is really geared toward you just feeling comfortable in that space, which I don't think that anyone really ever does, especially in the ICU, but you're really task oriented. So you aren't really tapped into that kind of that critical thinking aspect quite yet. There's a lot of task oriented stuff. So once you get your bearings with that, something kind of clicks and changes. So I definitely was loving it, but I was really, it was very intense, intense space to be in. And I was able to quickly recognize that all my coworkers were unhealthy and kind of upset at work. There was still this like team, there's still this team energy and we loved each other, but the support wasn't there from the facility that was needed to show up to work and be present and healthy for your patients, right? Physical
0: and emotional. Totally. And one thing I always say is I have so much respect for everybody who works in the healthcare field because personally, I'm the type of person, if I see blood, I'm just like, I run the other (laughs) way. I'm like, I can't handle it. So I mad respect to people who have to deal with that on a daily basis. And I'll tell you, Samantha, there are some moments where I am like, oh God,
1: you know, with whatever bodily fluid it might be, each nurse kind of has typically one bodily fluid that you're really grossed out by. Like you can handle everything else, but like for, you know, it's like, oh, trach secretions. Oh God, no. You know, or something like that. So it's just, so we all have that. We are an open unit, which is not uh, common in every hospital, but it does give you that team kind of like the emergency room feel, you know, it's like an op, you know, you just have curtains between bed spaces or an urgent care. We don't have many individual rooms. And so with that, you know, I'm right next to my colleagues. I'm right next to my, the, my attending, my physicians, the doctor, the ICU docs are right there, very easily accessible. And there is such a camaraderie and such a family feel. And it's great. It's great. Not all, but that's not very typical of a lot of nursing units. That's just mine.
0: So when you were working, you said that you noticed that people were just like sort of unhealthy or there was something a little bit off there. So can we dig a little bit more into that?
1: So I felt, you know, that in situations of high stress that there, we were lacking a lot of resources. And I think that, you know, whether it was resuscitating a a dying child or having a patient who had just passed away, there was just limited support, you know, from the higher ups. It wasn't part of the culture and it still really isn't. But, you know, recognizing that for me was huge because I I really wanted to shift that. And I really believe that it was really important to take care of the healers, that the doctors, the nurses, and to really get them to understand that they have to have extra practices to create a balance because there's so much imbalance in the environment that they're already in. So it's finding a balance, which requires, it requires effort and you have to want to do it, you know, so as I went through that feeling of burnout, I realized that there were a lot of unhealthy practices that I was engaged in. I was taking antidepressants and medication for ADHD, which I had been told in college that I had. But nobody offered me anything but a pill. You know, mm. Again, these systems are not focused around patient care. It's profits over patients. And that's unfortunately the system that we have here in the U.S., So with that, you know, I I started to do more research, I started to connect with people who were doing practices of meditation, different types of meditation, and really kind of got back into my yoga practice, which I had prior to nursing school. I had pretty strong yoga practice and then I went to nursing school and it was out the window. So um, so just kind of reconnecting with the things that brought me joy and made me happy and also reaching out to my colleagues and my friends and asking about their experiences like, hey, am I the only one feeling this way? And the answer was no, everybody was feeling it
0: and nobody wanted to talk about it. I really love that you brought that up because so often we just accept things as the way that they are without questioning it because you see other people sort of accepting it, right? It's sort of that group think mentality. Exactly. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely saw that and
1: because, you know, and actually I'm also a nurse representative. So for our union, we are part of California Nurses Association and kind of with my political science background, I've always been interested in labor movements and really passionate about collective action. So it was really easy for me to, to get involved right away. I was like, oh yes, I'm, I'm there. And so I'm a nurse rep in the pediatric ICU and I was actually on the bargaining team for our last contract negotiation. So really advocating for nurse rights, which pretty much always ties into patient safety and, you know, being a, that patient advocate. So having that ability to connect with my colleagues already through my un- work with the union, it was really easy for me to just have this conversation with them and just ask them where what their experiences were. And then finally realizing that they were very aligned with mine. And so I was like, hey, we're all feeling this. Like, let's do something let's change let's shift this culture so then i started doing retreats these kind of self-care focused retreats for nurses this was about 2 years ago i started doing and we were really just doing them out of friends that had connections with these large community homes where you know they had they were actually set up spaces to host retreats with uh, in the middle of beautiful nature and so we started having these gatherings and these day long retreats for nurses and the feedback was so positive and the f- you know, everybody just felt so nourished when they left. And I was like, okay, there's something to this. Like what's going on here? Let me study this more. And it was really just also about building that community. And that's what is different about what I'm doing as opposed to the things, the other things that I've seen, which are all great. You know, these resiliency focused programs and resources for nurses and providers specifically, but I think what's missing is that community focus because that's what we all need. And so that's what's really special about what we're doing because we are building a community of nurses that are
0: taking control of their life and making it whatever they want. Amazing. I mean, community is so important and just feeling like you have that support too is everything.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I can even say, I mean, Samantha, with all this COVID stuff, I think that if we haven't been able to see how dysfunctional these systems are through this experience, I mean, I already being part of the system, I was already privy to this information. But I think now being it being so overt in your face, and realizing that the healers are not being taken care of. So uh yeah, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. so with with the COVID stuff, I mean, we ha- felt even more a higher heightened sense of isolation and really having a community in a time like this is going to be the make or break between potential mental health disaster, whatever that is, or, you know, relationships falling apart. You know, it's it's so having that supportive community is, is really everything.
0: I mean, it all spills over too. And I mean, for nurses or for anybody, it's the difference between giving from a cup half full or cup half empty, right? So like, that's really what it is. You want from an overflowing cup as opposed to an empty cup. You want to be able to give from an overflowing cup, because if your cup's empty, you know, you're going to be resentful. Yeah, You're going to, you know, have stress. You're going to be fatigued. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, one thing you mentioned on your website was compassion fatigue. Mm, Oh, yeah. Compassion fatigue. That's
1: a big one. So compassion fatigue is it's that disconnect. It's almost like a refractory period, if you will, where you're kind of tapped out and you're kind of, you know, okay, I've seen this situation so many times. Okay. Like I know there's a lot of assumptions involved where you're assuming a situation is the way it is because you've seen it already, rather than taking the time to be present and recognize each individual situation or, and, and it's not anyone's fault necessarily to kind of fall into this compassion fatigue because it again is the system that is not providing these resources and the emotional intelligence training needed to sustain this high stress. And it's also like a protective mechanism. It's also Helps you not take on that energy that is, um, that again, if you don't have that overflowing cup, like you said, is really just gonna suck you dry. So, I would say that that's kind of my definition mm-hmm. for compassion fatigue. I'm so glad you asked because I, I don't think I've ever been able to really articulate it in that way. And it's true,
0: it's true. And I mean, I think it's really important just to highlight because as I was looking at them all, it was that one that I was like, What's that? I'm like, and, <laughs> and I never really heard of it, but then when I looked it up, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting
1: yeah yeah it's a it's definitely a phenomenon that we're seeing, and you know a lot of statistics research focused around burnout is talking about compassion fatigue as well being linked and um kind of that precursor really to burnout mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's like quite a huge phenomenon. And, and I think that that's why it's so important, this work that we're doing with the nurses. And, and it's not just about nurses. I mean, this is a model that we can take to any profession or passion project artists, musicians. I mean, it's about building the community. It's about connecting with each other and supporting each other. And, you know, that's the purpose of the community. We lift each other up. Totally.
0: So for someone listening who might be in a different profession and they feel like they might be experiencing burnout or they're sort of on the path of burnout or on the edge of the breakdown, what would you suggest that they can do to help them with their self-care practice or just what are some steps that they can take to sort of get back on course to taking care of themselves? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think there's a few things we can do, but I think, I think really it's that, that connection is needed. I think that we need, we need support, And I would just recommend reaching out to whoever you feel will listen. Um, And I think a lot of it is where a lot of things that we're missing in our lives are very simple, like acknowledgement, like we're just not being acknowledged by the people around us. And maybe that's what's missing. And and just sharing and being able to let yourself be vulnerable, I think is going to be a huge and a step away from that burnout path. So reach out ask for someone to just listen. You just want to tell your story, you know? And also, I think it's important to have practices in your life that tap into some sort of play. Play is huge, right? So important. (laughs) Yes, we we all want to play more. We don't play enough. We're way too serious. And I think all the science is showing that play cultivates joy and, you know, it's neat. It's absolutely actually necessary from birth until death to be able to have those moments of play, whether it's through laughter or improv improvisation games, ecstatic dance. I mean, I
0: think dance is so what do you think, Samantha? What do you think about dance? I love ecstatic dance. I live for yes. ecstatic dance. And I tell people, like, if you follow my Instagram, I'm like all about it.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. I love it. I love it. Yeah,
0: definitely need to try ecstatic dance and just like move your body. It is essentially therapy for your body. It's totally therapy.
1: Just take note of how you feel after you've had such a good dance session and a truly ecstatic dance session, which means no, there's no right or wrong way to do anything. No one's judging you and you just let it out and move however your body feels and needs to move and just really feeling
0: it. And all of the ecstatic dance sessions I've been to have all been silent. So there's music playing, but it's all about just moving your body. You don't talk when you're there and you just dance, don't judge, you move, you release. Like if you're not dancing, you've got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I love that you brought that up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's been a huge part of my therapy as well. And just remembering to dance and, you know, I dance, not a professional dancer, but I love to dance my whole life. I've always been really connected to music. I'm you know, learning new instruments now and playing with my voice and really tapping into that part of my life, which brings me a lot of joy. And it allows me to also play. And then it also allows me to dance and, and Mm -hmm. it's a vulnerable space again, but that's like part of the healing or whatever needs to happen to get to that space. You know, we've got to just let ourselves be free.
0: And it's vulnerable when you first do it, but then as you get into it, it gets more beautiful and it gets more fun. And then all of a sudden, you're like an ecstatic dancer. And before you know it, like the first time you're like, oh my God, this is so awkward. What is this? This is weird. But then before you know it, like you are that. And at any point we can reinvent ourselves and try something new. It's, I really think people struggle when they have the attachment, when they're attached to the way that they are now. Oh yeah. Instead of being fluid and open to trying new things.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the goal is to keep learning, I hope, right? Is to to grow, I think the growth. And, and we can't grow if, if we're not open to these other things and if we're so shut off. And the attachment is huge, like you said.
0: Another thing I want to point out that I thought of when you um mentioning acknowledgement. So if you want to be acknowledged, a way to do that is to actually acknowledge the people around you. So yes, yes. So it's like, if you, you want that, give it more and guarantee the universe will bring it back. Absolutely.
1: I love that you said that, Samantha. I um, I truly am a believer in service to others. And I think that what you just said is that service. And I feel that you will definitely get that recognition, that acknowledgement, just because you're doing something. Like if you're in that flow of doing something because it's truly of service to others, and you're able to just not have any expectations and really just doing it for that love of service, Like you said, the universe is going to give to you what you put out there.
0: One other thing I have to say is I love the name of your organization. It's the Cultivating Self organization. And fun fact, for like months before I launched this podcast, the name I was going to go with, but I knew it wasn't it, but I was stuck on it, was the Cultivated Woman podcast. Because I love the word cultivate. Like I, it's honestly one of my
1: favorite words. Me too. That I love that you said that too. And the first time I had ever heard that was with my yoga. My. First, yoga teacher years ago, and she would, she said, cultivate. If you,
0: and I was like, wow, that is, it just stuck with me. You know, that word is so beautiful. So beautiful. And the <laughs> idea that we can cultivate our lives whatever way we want, but it depends. Like, mm-hmm. what seeds are you going to plant? You know, weeds are you going to pull out? What things do you want to grow? Right. And when you look at life like a beautiful garden, hey, it's fun. Fun. Yes, exactly. And you can make the garden whatever you
1: want. You could have vegetables, you could have flowers, you can. And you can have both, you know, you can do whatever you want and just plant those seeds. You can have it all. So
0: You can have it all. (laughs) You can have it all. You heard it, ladies and gents. (laughs) That's right. So what are the future plans for your organization? What are you excited about with it? Oh, I'm so excited because
1: our next project, our next phase in this journey is to create a community home. So we have actually a GoFundMe that we've launched and we are looking to raise money so that we can get a property, secure a property, and to, again, cultivate the space, cultivate that beautiful space, healing space, where we actually have nurses who are residents, and we host regular play shops, as we like to call them, and ceremonies uh, for the nurses. It's a community space, but we also have the private residences as well. Yeah, and and the community members are welcome, even if they don't live there. We also want to have a room that's specifically for travel nurses, nurses from all over the world who come and take an, an assignment in that city. So we want to do start with that in the Bay Area. And then the idea is to gather some data. Uh, do a little, collect some research around it and allow for us that to be scaled across the country and then
0: do things around the world. That's amazing. And come to you in Canada. Come to Canada. So if you are listening, if you are a nurse, if you are friends with a nurse, definitely share this episode with them because I mean, this is a really good direction to take things for that community. Yes. and Yes, absolutely. Like you said, if any one of you guys out there
1: has, I, I feel like even if you don't, know a nurse you're going to be connected to a nurse at some point in your life or you or somebody that you love in some way, shape, or form a nurse will t- a nurse will touch your life, and we want it to be a positive impact, a positive experience so it's important to you know support these people so thank you thank
0: you that's so exciting and there we go. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to reach out to Diana, all of her information is going to be in the show notes. And again, remember that I am offering three people complimentary one-hour clarity sessions. So if you are at a point of your life where you feel like you're at the brink of a transition, where you want to make a change and you don't necessarily know what the change looks like or what it's going to take, or you have a lot of fear or anxiety or... Or worry around it, send me a DM and send it right now. Go follow me on Instagram at the Hello Beautiful Podcast and send me a DM and let me know. Say, hey, I would love some support, getting some clarity, and you will be in really, really good hands. Honestly, the first step in anything is always the hardest. It's like, but once you take that leap, once you just jump and go for it, it's like everything will support you. Anyways, on that note, If you haven't already, go subscribe because next week we have another empowering episode for you and until then, keep being you, be beautiful.